Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Now it's time for Inside the Clubhouse, a show dedicated to the Chicago baseball fan, featuring the best Chicago baseball conversation as well as the big MLB topics, along with the biggest names, greatest guests, and listener interaction. Starring Score Baseball Insider Bruce Levine and Matt Spiegel. It all starts right here, right now, on Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com, Chicago's sports station. Good morning to you, Chicago. It is indeed time for Inside the Clubhouse, Chicago's baseball show with 52 weeks a year. Saturday mornings right here. Me, Matt Spiegel, and you, Bruce Levine. Good morning, Bruce. Good morning, Matt. Yeah, an interesting week in Chicago baseball. Bullpen issues on the north side. Rotation issues on the south side. No issues here at Inside the clubhouse because uh, it's all love and baseball here. So 312-909-644-6767. I'll repeat it. 312-644-6767. Text Matt at 67011. Lots to talk about today. Blown saves, blown starts, but mostly uh, Chicago baseball and Chicago weather cooperating just a tad. It's almost like baseball season, Matt. And by the way, Inside the Clubhouse brought to you by Max and Benny's in Northbrook, your home for the best food in Chicagoland. Here's the checklist. The best deli, no doubt. The best restaurant, certainly. The finest bakery on the North Shore, without question. Max and Benny's has full dinners from 4 to 9 p.m., seven days a week, featuring all the staples, the freshest whitefish and salmon in the city, great soups, warm the body and the soul, Spacious private party rooms and meeting rooms, 10 to 150 available. Catering is king at Max and Benny's. Contact John at MaxandBenny's.com. 30 minutes from downtown, 30 minutes from the Wisconsin border. Love you some Max and Benny's in Northbrook. Love you some better bullpen help on the north side. It's the 12th ranked bullpen in all of baseball. We know it started badly. We know it was real good for a while. It's still not as bad as it feels because those losses are demoralizing you're, the way it went right, down Matt, yesterday. But it was the third ranked bullpen in the National League going into yesterday's game. Came out the 7th ranked in the National League afterwards. So hmm. Statistically, you know, we play with the numbers and um, we kind of tilt them toward making our points when we do these type of shows. The reality is, is that many of these guys with the Chicago Cubs right now are being used in roles that they're not really used to. It's- and and the the whole emphasis of it is on the fact that they don't have a closer at the end. Yesterday, Steve Ciszek blew the second save of the day. Uh, for the Cubs, Brad Brock uh, blew a save earlier in the game. But in the ninth inning, it was a walk to Votto home run for Suarez, and that was the ball game. Hmm. Joe Madden uh, talked about this, um, Speaks talked about the fact that, um, you know, uh, he'll go with Ciszek anytime, anywhere. Probably three quarters, maybe. 
Um, so the stuff wasn't as clean or crisp. And Suarez is just a pain in the butt, man. He's been pitching him really well. He got it in a bad spot, and then he just hits it out. But I would never uh, jump on any negative time bandwagon against C-Shack. He's, uh, he's a rock. He's a huge part of our success now and moving into the future. It's just a tough day. It's called baseball. Your manager said you may have been a half or three-quarters take. I mean, does, do you at least agree with him if he, with that assessment? <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't have a comment on that. So, uh, you know, is, he was in a no, no man's land at that point because Joe admitted that he put him in a game where he knew he probably didn't have his best stuff. 21 or sorry, 27 pitches to get seven outs on Sunday night against right. the Nationals. Then he went one inning on Wednesday and here we are on Friday. It might be awkward for some to think about, boy, a, a reliever is not himself. He's not at a hundred percent there. He'd warmed up a couple other times in a couple other games in there. Right. And when you go, Joe talked about the one plus innings, Outings, when you go more than an inning and you're throwing in between, you're warming up for each particular inning. And as you say, Bruce, it's this trickle-down effect of not having Morrow, not having Strope, and now C-Shack's in that role in addition to other roles. It's just they're leaning on C-Shack and Kinsler and Edwards. Yeah, they're, they're, the C-Shack and Kinsler are on a, a 78-79 uh, game pace, which is obviously almost half. That's what... C-Sheck through last year in 80 games. He does admit he has a rubber arm. But let's listen to more of C-Sheck uh, talking about his availability, his uh, belief that he can he can do the job every day. I mean, me personally, I've been used, I feel like, a lot throughout my career. You know, just with my style, people, you know, assume that, you know, because of the way I throw, I, I tend to be able to have a rubber arm and stuff. And to some degree, it's true, but... You know, at the same time, like, I got to go out there every day with the same mentality and just go with what I got. Um, you know, like I said, today wasn't wasn't my best. And uh, Joe Madden talking about asking his bullpen to do maybe just a little bit too much. If you look at us based on number of appearances uh, among our bullpen guys, based on the leagues, we're actually in a pretty good spot. Numbers of appearances, uh, like low 20s compared to some guys in the high 20s. But it's it's like with C-Shake, the other, the, the, it's the one plus anything. That's the one that uh, builds up on them. The number of, if these number of outings had just been pretty much one inning, I think they would have all feel a little bit better. But uh, like today, Brock, one plus. C-Shake the other day, one plus. Uh, Ryan's been in the one plus mode also. Kinsler, one plus mode. That's, that's the part that is, I think, more than anything wears them down. And that's the one. Everybody's looking for the next Raleigh Fingers, but there weren't many of those. Yeah, and, and that's the that's the whole point. And <laughs> what's the point? The point is they don't have a closer. So everybody else's roles are skewed. These are all outstanding bullpen guys. They're being asked to do some things that they normally don't do. Uh, the roles are predicated on the fact that Strope is out, replacing Morrow, who's out and may never return. They're talking about maybe... July now, but that'll be a year. So Strope coming back is a good possibility uh, this next week here. He throws another bullpen today. His last one, if he's healthy, goes out on a brief assignment. The minor leagues comes back early next week sometime, and the pen gets a little bit stabilized. But ideally, him and Ciszek and Brock and Kinsler are part of an outstanding bullpen that has a guy like Kimbrell at the end. And that's 
you know, that may or may not materialize after the draft where Kimbrell no longer will uh, cost any team a draft pick uh, and therefore the negotiations can be just a little bit different with him going forward. As we've talked about the possible solutions and you bring up Craig Kimbrell, I will be very surprised if that happens. The free agent money limitations that were there in the offseason are still there right now. Unless they know for sure Ben Zobris is not going to come back. You've been talking about that, Bruce. The right. $8.6 million prorated that may be available if Zobris does right. not and come back. Exactly, Matt. And, and that is the key. And maybe by next week, Ben Zobris makes a determination that, you know what, this is not tenable for me or the Chicago Cubs. And he gives them a final, I'm coming back in a week. I'm coming back in three days. I'm not coming back. At that point, then you have... Eight million real dollars, possibly, mm-hmm. to throw at a guy like Kimbrel, and you add into that what you know is coming off the books at the end of 2019, what you know is coming off the books at the end of 2020, and maybe you can afford the three-year deal for Kimbrel um, moving forward. But here's the thing: Are we sure the Kimbrel that you're getting is top-end Kimbrel, and are we sure that? When you get him, it begins right then. It's not like you're trading right. for a guy or getting a guy who's been pitching in a bullpen. Kimbrel's going to have to work his way back into game shape. Everybody that started late last year uh, with uh, Arietta being at the top of it uh, had a, a long time to go before they were any good. Alex Cobb, too. Yeah, Cobb as well. There was one more trying to remember guys who got to well you Darvish. Yeah, well, I mean, but got got there late. You know, signed late. Yeah. And, uh, and didn't have full spring trainings. You know, Kimbrough's going to need probably two or three weeks in the minor leagues to to get going, no matter what type of side throwing he's had now. So there's no guarantee I, with a guy like that. I just don't. I, and, I, and it's still going to be, you know, what if they get a bargain? Two years, twenty five million. It's still going to be a. a Big commitment on the part of a team like the Cubs. I don't believe that the, the Kimbrel is going to happen. We'll see. I, I don't believe it's going to happen. If that's not going to happen, then we're left with some of the guys that you reported last week, Bruce, be it Ken Giles in Toronto, Shane Green from Detroit, Will Smith, um, and and none of those are like the kind of names that thrill you, like a Rolls Chapman, Colomay. Uh, Alex Colomay from the White Sox. But none of those are are Rolls Chapman or Wade Davis, you're like not, throwing in your lockdown you ju- guy. You're just not getting that guy right now, okay? I mean, if, there's, if there is a team out there that falls and continues to fall and has a great closer, maybe in July that'll become available. These days, Matt, and we've talked about it before, you can't wait. You can't mm. wait this year because there are no trades, zero trades, zero waiver deals after July 31st, first time in baseball right. history where you cannot make any type of trade. Therefore, uh, teams are going to have to lock into these bullpen guys if they can earlier, and the commitment from other teams to give up on their season mm-hmm. has to come earlier in the year bef- for these uh, deals to materialize. Another guy who started late last year and was awful, thank you, texters, Greg Holland. Greg Holland was a guy who waited, 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 and then eventually the Cardinals went there, and he was just absolutely horrific. He's had a great start to the season this year. Yeah. So. Y- you know, I Theo knows – they know that your time is right now here in the middle of the window. And here you are, you're a game and a half up. You know why you're a game and a half up? Because your rotation has been excellent. I know Lester's been bad the past couple of starts, but he was terrific for a long stretch before then. 
Um, Darvish has shown you possibilities the last couple starts. Your stars are playing as well as you could want them to play. This might be the best Chris Bryant that we've seen. Rizzo has been flat out carrying the team for a little while offensively. Contreras and Baez at the top of their games. Schwarber showing signs. It has to happen. They have to go out and fill this hole as soon as humanly possible. Well, you know, that, and that's, that's a, a, a good reaction. It's a real reaction. But it's not a reaction that uh, Epstein and Hoyer can feel pressure from every day. They can't do it because you have to have willing participants on the other side. This is May 24th. This is not the common time of year where trades are made for good bullpen guys. That's just not it. And on, and does it behoove other teams to really trade on May 24th when other teams a month from now are going to be even more desperate for bullpen help? Yeah, you know, it's just they've already cycled through a lot of guys. James Norwood yesterday was the 14th different straight reliever to have appeared for the Cubs. And they talked about in spring training, going to have to cycle through guys and find those guys. They're doing it. They're cycling through. I mean, Maples has been up and down. Tim Collins has showed up and gone down. Rowan Wick has showed up and gone away. And here's James Norwood, who throws very hard, who got an appearance yesterday. Will he get a chance? Late games, high leverage, possible. So, I mean, they're cycling through their guys to try and find the pieces that work. They're aggressive that way. The Cubs are not going to just need one guy. They're going to need at least four before the end of the year. You think they're going to need at least four additional new bullpen yeah, arms? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, man. I, I, I absolutely. Now, maybe uh, a guy like Maples comes up from the minor leagues with his electric stuff. Yeah, you're talking about some of their own guys. But I mean, being those. really guys that, you know, they count on not just uh, some transition guy that you have for the weekend. You know, I'm talking about a guy that like a Norwood or a uh, – or Maples that comes up and establishes themselves, okay? Mm -hmm. They can't – right now, these guys are not Joe's A or B relievers. They're the C reliever, okay? They don't get much chance to prove themselves in high-leverage situations. At some point, the young arms, a couple of them are going to have to come up and do it. Epstein and Hoare are going to have to continue to add. They did a beautiful job of doing that last year. Matt, I counted three guys from last year's bullpen – I think yesterday, day before, that are left from last year. Three guys that are yeah. left. Before, uh, I think before, um, let's see. C-Sheck, Kinsler. No, no, from the beginning of last year. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think I counted three the other day. Mm. Um, so, with, you know, with Strope uh, out, you know. So from the, so the transactional, transitional Chicago Cubs are certainly going to be a big story in 2019. It's going to continue to be. We're only, we're not even a third of the way through the season. Uh-huh. We're looking at bullpens that are worn out, not just the Cubs. I'm talking about everywhere else. So Matt, when you trade for bullpen help elsewhere and you look at the guy you're picking up, are you going to pick up a guy that is halfway to being burnt out already, okay? That's something you look at. And as this, as it goes on toward July 31st, are you going to pick up a guy that is totally burnt out, uh, just a name that used to be good uh, at that point in time? Because that is how bullpens are being used. That's the demand for bullpens on a daily basis right now. Well, the trickle-down is the big deal. Um, the trickle-down of not having Morrow and not being able to count on him, and right now not having Strope and having C-Shack in that role, 
And the other thing, Bruce, that we got to figure out, I, I understand the desire to keep Tyler Chatwood in this role of long man to bail out a Darvish or bail out a Hamels or a Lester. And Chatwood has been terrific in or, that role. Or in this last week, Hamels. Yeah, yeah Hamels. he's had six appearances of two innings or more. Three different appearances of four innings or more. And this was the first time he gave up a run in those appearances. And it was a solo homer to McCutcheon, who's, who's awfully good. So Chadwood, having found himself being utilized in that role, can you afford to keep him in that role? That might be a I guy. I think you have to. You know why? Because you don't have a dependability from the left side. So you have to keep Montgomery in a shortened role to be able to come in more often. Ah, so, you, so you it's not... It's you, not... you can't use him as your long man. If you can't use him as your long man, then you basically have one left-hander, and it's Ryan right now. Uh, right, and Cedeno came up and showed you absolutely got, nothing. And then, you know, supposedly got hurt. Well, supposedly, but I think they, yeah, they invented Said, an injury well, you know, you, We don't think you're right. Let's get it right and go back to the minor leagues and, uh, you know, come back the pitcher that we need. So... So, again, when I say the Cubs are going to need four real, real important guys, mm. it might be a higher number of guys that continue to come through. You know, you might see a, a total of 20 bullpen guys that have come through before the, the year is over. Yeah, well, you know, they're cycling through aggressively. April 9th was the first time they did it, or April 8th, I should say. And that's when the hot streak began, when they made the moves with Edwards and Montgomery. Now those guys are back, but here's James Norwood. I mean, you're seeing lots and lots of options getting worked through. It's uh, really tough to negotiate. And when we come back, before we talk to Marty Brenneman, uh, the Cincinnati Reds, who's uh, winding up a terrific 45-year career as an announcer for the Cincinnati Reds, um, we'll talk a little bit about uh, the wear and tear on Joe Madden and how on a daily basis, how hard his job is. We'll also talk White Sox, everything going on with them. Eloy's back and being impactful. 312-644-6767. Text Matt at 6711. This hour is brought to you by Fisher Oven Roasted. Never fried snack nuts. Never fried nothing to hide. 312-644-6767. It's inside the clubhouse on the score. Text flying in at 6711. To Inside the Clubhouse right here, Bruce. A lot of folks talking about the uh, the, the batting order, the bullpen. I'm tussling with a guy on Schwarber. says, are you drunk? Schwarber's bad. And he points out the 230 batting average. If you're still using batting average as your only guide for a baseball player, it kind of renders your, your thing obsolete. Schwarber's got an OPS of 921 over the last 13 games. He's streaky. He gives you good games. He gives you bad games. Every once in a while, you'll get an absolute mm-hmm. bomb like he got leading off yesterday. He's walked more. Over the past few weeks, it's it's a nice upswing for Schwarber, though he's not exactly what they wanted him to be. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, for the guy that just likes the regular st- stats, it's 7 for 12. So he's he's hitting the ball pretty hard. And, you know, uh, if you like those common numbers, mm-hmm. he's uh, doing that as well. But, you know, nonetheless, um, there's about four or five guys getting it done on the Cubs right now and nobody else. You know, Hayward's in a... Nine four sixty nine right now. Woof. 
So um, and that's with a couple of back to back two for fours in there. Has not started the season yet. Okay. He, see, he did though at the top. He he was doing okay for a few weeks there, and then it's just fallen apart. Just uh, it's it's not what the, the that he wants or they thought it would be. And remember, he got hurt in between. Not to make an excuse, but mm-hmm. uh, that's the case. Let's take a call or two, and then Marty Brenneman will be joining us. Uh, real quick though, Mark Zagunis is going to be sent down today. Saw that news today. So there's a roster move. Somebody's coming back up. Right. Could, could it be Ian Happ? It could be. Uh, he's gotten a little bit hotter lately, and maybe they want that option of, uh, as Joe said, uh, him as a left-handed bat. We'll see what uh, transpires. David Schuster's out there. He'll give us a report as soon as uh, everybody reports. Matt and River North, you're on Inside the Clubhouse. Good morning, Matt. Good morning, fellas. Hey, Bruce, if the Cubs were to try to get Ken Giles or Doolittle or Green, what would they really have to give up? Well, uh, a lot. I mean, you know, the, the, these – these Would people, Caratini get it done? No, but I mean, see, see, and and Matt, thank, thanks as always for you know your input, Matt Spiegel. It's not just one team that's looking at these guys. Mm-hmm. It's not like, well, take our guys or leave it. We're going to get your guy. There's a lot of other offers that are going to be out there. There, there's no rush for Detroit to trade Green. There's certainly no rush for Washington to blow up their season. They're not ready to do that yet. Uh, there is no rush for the White Sox to trade Colome. So these are, you know, these are, we, we get wound up here and we look at our own teams and say, we need this. We have this. You better take it because we need your guy right now. That's not how things work. It's just not that easy. Now, if you make a, you make a, a trade with somebody and you give them more than they were looking for, you can make a trade right now. It's 670 the score. Let's go now to the Al Pimonte Ford hotline. Al Pimonte Ford, 500 new and used vehicles to choose from as Marty Brenneman joins the show. Yes, he does. Hey guys. Uh, Marty Brenneman, uh, the, the, future, the Hall of Famer, and uh, winding up 45 years of a fabulous career joining us on Inside the Clubhouse. Good morning, Marty. Good morning, Bruce. How are you? We're, we're doing great. And uh, I, you know, I have. Enjoyed yesterday watching you do interviews with David Schuster and Gordon Whitmire. And uh, this weekend, you know, you're on our show. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Other countless people. It's great to see you get the King's treatment as you well deserve for a a tremendous career. 45 years of outstanding broadcasting. Well, you know, I, uh, as I've told those guys yesterday, I have, I have nothing but great memories of coming to this town. We had the bump in the road in 2008, as far as I'm concerned, that was an isolated incident that came and went. Um, I don't even think about that anymore. I come in here and look forward to coming to Chicago for a lot of reasons. Um, you know, the years I've spent broadcasting baseball at Wrigley field and the fact I have my, my second oldest, my daughter Dawn, lives in River Forest and, and has kids, and I've got grandkids out there. and um, I just enjoy coming to this city, and I've been here through the worst of times and in the 70s with this club, uh, this, this, this Cubs team, and then I've, I've seen them through the best of times right now. And um, I think it's good for baseball that they've had the success that they've had because they were – uh, as you well know, essentially the doormat of this league for so many years. And, and all of a sudden now they're one of the reigning powers with no end in sight. 
You know, Marty, I, I look at baseball as a way of marking time, and, and I have not had the, the length of time nor the, the trajectory of career that you've had, but their last night is Vladimir Guerrero Jr. and Craig Biggio's kid, both playing for Toronto, two sons of Hall of Famers for the first time. Mike Yastrzemski gets called up today, Carl Yastrzemski's grandson for the Giants. As, I mean, a baseball, as baseball marked the time in your life, baseball is, uh, is a calendar of itself for you through all these years. Oh, I, just because of the reasons you said. I mean, I, 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 look, I, look, I marvel at the fact that David Bell is managing the Reds because I can remember <laughs> when David Bell was a young guy. Um, and, and all of a sudden now here he is in his 40s and, and, and he's managing the Reds team. And, and the other guys that you've mentioned, they're the ones that really – when I see people like that, Ken Griffey Jr., I used to shoo him out of the Reds clubhouse <laughs> uh, back in the 70s when his old man was such a fine player with that big red machine team and tell him to get the hell out. You're getting under people's feet. You're keeping guys from uh, getting ready to play baseball, and, and he ends up being one of the great players of all time and being in the Baseball Hall of Fame. So, yeah, you know, when you've been around for four and a half decades, um, you see guys come, and then you see their kids come, and, and it's it's just the way it is. And, and But that's the one thing that makes me realize, I think, more than anything, how long I've been around. Marty, you've not only been a, a great broadcaster and a, and, a, and a great friend to me as well. But, Thank you, uh, Bruce. But to me, um, a guy that was never afraid to give an opinion and a direct, uh, direct answer to a question. And people had to be ready for that answer, whether they, they were going to be upset about it or not. Um over time, have you changed that style at all? I mean, do you do you go through this last year of the season saying, you know what, um, I'm not going to fire on anybody. Uh, you know, I'm I'm not going to tell them 100 percent what I feel because uh, I would just like to go out in a in a different manner. Or do you go out as firing Marty Brenneman, the guy that always told you 100 percent where he was at? Well, I think I've I've gotten the I think I've tempered my my outlook as time has gone by simply because I'm almost 77 years old, but I'm not going to change my style just because it's my last year broadcasting baseball. I mean, that would not be true to myself. Right. And, and, and um, I mean, I, I've never tried to win any popularity contests and, and really don't care about that. Um, if, if I have anything that I leave behind uh, and as a remembrance uh, to people is that is uh, one I I'm I'm straightforward and I'm aggressive in what I have to say and 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 the other part is that I'm credible I think credibility is the most important thing we have if we don't have that I, I don't think we have anything I I'm not going to name names but I think they're broadcasters that uh, that that people really have to wonder uh, if what they're hearing is exactly what's happening and and uh, I, I don't I don't think you can you can look yourself in the mirror if you try to convince people that a bad team is good or a good team is, is not as good as they're playing, uh, because that that affects the kind of credibility that you have and the relationship that you have with fans. So, as I said, I, I think as a time has gone by, I probably evolved into uh, a less, for want of a better term, bombastic broadcaster, but. Uh, at the same time, I'm not going to change anything this year, and so far I haven't. You know, Marty, I think a lot of a lot of fans um, hear you and think of you as somebody who's had, you know, occasional issues with the way that the game has progressed or the way that the demeanor of ball players has 
has progressed. But but, but I wonder what you've thought about watching Yasiel Puig uh, now as a Red. I, I love Puig and I've always loved Puig. I know he's crazy, but I kind of enjoy it. And I haven't found him offensive my, myself, but I know that some people have. What's it been like for you to watch Puig every day? Well, he's been, he's been a breath of fresh air on this team. Um, and, and, you know, people keep saying to me, well, just wait. Well, uh, you know, I'm, I've waited for 50 games now, not counting what we saw in spring training, and I've seen no no change at all. Uh, my wife and I were sitting in the hotel bar at the at the Fister in Milwaukee the other night when we arrived in town, um, and he came in and came over and sat down, and my wife essentially interviewed him. Amanda interviewed him for 25 minutes <laughs> um, because he was from Cuba. She has been to Cuba. And it was it was enlightening. Uh, I sat there and marveled at him. He's a very, very, very intelligent guy. Now, does he have a lot of little boy in him? Yeah, he does. Um, his right field play has been incredibly good. There's not been a right fielder in this league that's played any better than he has defensively. Now, he's not hit very much. Yesterday was an exception. And I'm sure they hope that that's the beginning of a turnaround that will see him start to swing the bat the way he did for the most part with the Dodgers. But he's been great on this club. And I've asked a player, a prominent starting player on this club as an aside, that what the same night that Amanda was talking to him in, in, in uh, Milwaukee, how is he in the clubhouse? He said all the players like him. So I can only go by what I see and what I hear. Uh, but his, his play here has been awfully, awfully good, and he's blended in well with the players on this club. That's the voice of Marty Brenneman, Hall of Fame announcer, wrapping up 45 years of an illustrious career right here on Inside the Clubhouse today. Marty, um, with baseball from the sixth inning on, with many of the determination being strikeout, walk, home run over the past four or five years, uh, how does that impact how you broadcast, how does that impact how you look at the game, the way it's being played right now? Well, I'd, I'd be less than honest if I didn't tell you, Bruce, I don't like the game as much as I used to um, because I'm not crazy about strikeouts and home runs and, and launch angle and, and uh, exit velocity and all the other crap that's come into this game that's impacted it, as far as I'm concerned, in a negative manner. That's why I rooted like hell for the Red Sox to win the World Series last October because they played the game the way that we were, we grew up watching. And that was uh, hitting, hitting the ball behind the runner, hitting and running, stealing bases, uh, doing all the things that, right. that uh, enhance a team's chances to win, rather than everybody from um, uh, Aaron Judge to the littlest guy on the ball club with that big uppercut swing trying to hit everything 475 feet. I'm just not a big fan of that. And 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 so that 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 among a lot of other reasons is a reason why it's time for me to walk away from it. Because I'll never grasp the way they play the game today as opposed to the way they used to play it. See, it's interesting because I think the Red Sox showcased a fusion of it. Like a lot of their good hitters, JD Martinez, Mookie Betts, others would go ahead and swing for the fences for those first two strikes. But what you're talking about is what every team needs to do with two strikes and that is you know, shorten up, um, actually play the game and place the baseball out there. I think there's a fusion out there that might make all of us happy, Marty. Well, no, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying that uh, I'm not knocking or, or saying that analytics don't have a place in this game. I just think that there has to be a proper balance. Mm -hmm. Um, 
and, and and I and I think in some cases there are teams that have a proper balance, and I think it shows up on the field. I think there are also t- are teams that have gone head over heels and go analytics only. I was told the other day by a member of the Philadelphia Phillies traveling party when I asked about Gabe Kapler, they said he's changed drastically from last year to this year. The club lost their last eight games of the season last year, and uh, a lot of people felt like the players quit on him. And so this year he's been a different guy. He's not been so imbued with analytics and analytics only, and he has sought out a proper balance and has made things a lot easier for the players, and I think that's the only way to look at it. I also had another manager tell me uh, that if you want to work in this game today, you better you better embrace analytics or you're not going to be able to find a job. Well, I, I have a problem with guys that don't know how to put on a damn jock strap, and all of a sudden they've got a big position in a baseball operation. i got a real problem with that, and I always will have a problem with that, and there are plenty of them, and you guys know it as well as I do. There's a 28-year-old on the Tampa Bay Rays coaching staff who's a Princeton grad who came from the analytics department. He gets to wear a uniform every day now, But he Marty. has a jack strap under it. He does. I, think, I, assume I don't he wears know whether well. he may just wear a pair of underpants. I don't know. <laughs> Marty, um, in closing with you, Matt and I, Certainly appreciate your time. And again, I can't thank you enough for over the years uh, making me sound better on the air and being such a good friend to me. Uh, Marty, uh, when you look at Albert Pujols, Miguel Cabrera, and maybe even Joey Votto to a certain extent, and watch what 10-year contracts have done to these guys and some of these guys, the first two injured and playing on one leg or without a uh, lower half, how sad is it to watch something like that? How hard is it to watch on a daily basis uh, Joey Votto try to uh, uh, get back to the type of player he was uh, two or three years ago? Well, it, it, the problem, Bruce, and you know this, I mean, we, you and I have been together and, and we've seen this whole thing evolve over years. I've never been critical of a player who is struggling and is in the midst of a long-term contract with a lot of years still to go. I mean, uh, the team is the one that gave the contract. Right. He, he and the one that dictated to the team that I, this is what I've got to have. He may have made demands and the clubs agreed to it. But at the end of the day, the team has the right to say yes or no. So I've never been critical of a player. At the same time, it's tough to watch a guy. Um, uh, and, and I think it's true in, in Albert's case. Uh, I'm sure it's true in Miguel Cabrera's case. As far as Votto is concerned, the verdict is still out. But but it's hard to watch and and the and the problem is you know when a guy gets a ten year deal, uh, how the last two or three or four years are going to be on that contract? Now Mike Trout, uh, you know I'm I'm willing to ro- willing to roll the dice on him because he signed at at such a young age and and uh, I think he's going to be in his mid thirties or whatever the case might be. But this, this, it bothers me I because I remember how great these guys were when they were in their prime and, and they're hanging on and they're still trying to make things happen. And, and uh, in many cases, it's just unfortunate and tough to watch. Marty, fabulous. Thank you so much for joining Matt and I on uh, Inside the Clubhouse. I will see you all out at the ballpark today, tomorrow, and uh, look forward to you just uh, smelling the roses and enjoying yourself one more time in all the ballparks across the country. Thanks okay. again. My pleasure, Bruce. Thanks you and Matt for everything. All right. Thanks, Marty. Take care. Marty Brenneman, who uh, 
takes telling it like it is to a different level. Yeah, you know, he knows the reaction that he gets and has always gotten as our text lines have lit up, et cetera, and he just doesn't care. He is who he is. But he also says that's why it's time for me to walk away. Yeah. I appreciate the self-awareness, No, no, frankly. I mean, uh, you know, I, I'd rather that than someone BSing me. Absolutely. Telling me how much they love analytics and will you please employ me for another two years. And this kind of generational clash is what the game has well, always the, been about. But the game, the game will come around again. Stats have always been tremendously important. Advanced statistics will always be tremendously important. They're not going to get less important, but the human but, side but, and everything but you else will stays see diff- there. You will see as the Cubs are doing, as the Phillies are doing, approaches changing back to conventional approaches as well. Well, it's it's always it always should have been a blend, and it's even more of a blend now when it works. It's 670, the score. It's inside the clubhouse. He's Bruce Levine. I'm Matt Spiegel. That was fun. Jim Deshays will join us next hour and more of your reaction right here on The Score. Welcome back on Inside the Clubhouse here on 670. The score the bottom of the hour was brought to you by Northwestern Football. Join Coach Fitz and the 73rd Cats this fall at Ryan Field. Matchups include Ohio State, Michigan State, and Iowa. Season tickets on sale now at nusports.com. And by Subway. Subway restaurants feature a different six-inch sub for $3.79 every day. Wow. Subways, make it what you want. At participating restaurants, additional charge for extras plus applicable tax. No additional discounts or coupons may be applied. Let's talk to Bill and Wild. Wildwood has been patient on Inside the Clubhouse. Bill, you're on with me, Matt, and him, Bruce Levine. Good morning, guys. Uh, I'm on uh, Addison right now. I started in Gray's Lake, but we're on our way to the Cubs game. got my family in the car. We appreciate you waiting, and I'm sure uh, uh, you're going to have a a great day out at the ballpark. Yeah, hopefully the rain will stay away. But uh, the key is we're going to be spending some money. Obviously, when a family goes to Wrigley, we're spending, you know, at least a hundred dollars I had with tickets and food. Why can't the Cubs pick up Craig Kimball? He is, <laughs> he is better than somebody on the bullpen, right? It's an upgrade, correct? Well, it's not somebody better. It's, bullpen, it's he, he, is better. he enhances what they already have. Okay. The other guys have their roles. He would be ideally the Craig Kimball we knew before the playoffs last year, uh, the guy that uh, solidifies that bullpen for sure. Yeah, he's got to be better than one of those guys out there. So we you're saying the 400 up. bucks you spent today should go toward Kimbrel? Sure, absolutely. Okay. I, th- I, you know, I hear you. I think your 400 bucks, they've been banking on it. They've been knowing it's coming because they're going to be pretty good. And they're using it retroactively on you, Darvish, on Tyler Chatwood. Yeah. Hell, on Jason Hayward. No, but uh, on, I mean, unfortunately, they, they they were not given more money Bill, in baseball Bill's, operations Bill's, to work with. But Bill's point is well taken. And Bill, thank you for waiting and and chiming in on the show. We appreciate it, Matt. But it, it's a, it's a great point. I mean, the guy is saying, well, you you gave Darvish's money, okay? You gave Hayward the, the money. You have a two hundred million dollar payroll. Now go finish it, right? Don't let it just languish. And, you know, Mr. Ricketts said, well, there is no more money right now. So uh, Theo and Jed are going to have to continue to be creative. And, again, if we if Zobris decides to give back $8 million, mm-hmm. that'll be a big piece of the puzzle uh, as to how the front office wants to spend that going forward. And can they afford or do they feel it's proper to go after a Kimbrel? and? Pay him twelve, thirteen, or fourteen million dollars a year. We've been talking about this since the first bits during the offseason when they said that they weren't gonna have any money. 
and slowly kind of wrapped our heads around it. But for anybody who hasn't heard the train of thought, I, too, am extremely surprised that they do not have the money and did not decide to go and go over the luxury tax, the competitive balance tax, be in the tax for this one year, like the Red Sox were last year, and then go under next year when all this money's coming off the books and go for it and use that money. And here's the thing. I think the baseball operations side was surprised to have those limitations sure as well. I mean, uh, they, they've the message was out there. It's like, sorry, guys, we don't have it. I mean, normally a front office doesn't necessarily talk that way. Right. But they're telling you, frankly, we've been told we're not going to have the money. And then Tom Ricketts <laughs> says, we don't have any. But, you know, let me give you the Tom Ricketts side of it. They are comp- they are finished with the renovation of Wrigley Field, okay? You're seeing uh, a ballpark where I see guys like Marty Brenneman or people that have been walking in that ballpark for 50, 60, 70 years as visitors and esteemed baseball people that say, the Ricketts family have done a, the best possible renovation of an already iconic place. And they've done it to the tune of $1 billion if you look at the footprint around Wrigley and the ballpark. So when they say they don't have any money, it sounds wrong. But it's not like they went short on this team. It's not like they went short on the fact that they've they've given the team and the front office two hundred million, which is third in baseball in payroll. It's just that little extra bump that might have helped them get <laughs> over this bullpen hump. That's you and me trying to get into their pocket. Okay, they're saying, you know what? Uh, we gave you a lot of money to have championship caliber players. Some of them just didn't work out. I think it's Theo and Jed trying to get into their pocket too and being told no. Sure, sure, but but they're being told, you know what? Like any business, some of the moves just didn't work out, okay? They're saying, yeah, but we have this window here, mm-hmm. and it's going to be for the next couple of years. We've got to try to win another world championship or two. We've got roster moves on both sides of town to discuss, and we'll do so at the top of the hour before we bring in Jim Deshays. Just got to update folks on both White Sox and Cubs making moves. It's inside the clubhouse. He's Bruce Levine. I'm Matt Spiegel on 670 The Score. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.